Sean's take NFL offseason. And free agent frenzy has officially begun. Today I'm rounding out the AFC. So let's get right into the action. What's going on, listeners? We are now at the final stop of the Sean's take NFL offseason. Over the past three weeks, I've covered the entire NFC and half of the AFC, and already we've seen the NFL offseason get off to a hot start. So I'm recording this episode on Monday, March 13th. The episode is going to air on March 16th, Thursday. It's important to note that the NFL negotiating period for free agents has begun today on Monday, March 13th, as I'm speaking right now. The negotiating period lasts from Monday the 13th to Wednesday the 15th, and then at 3 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday, contracts can officially become official, and free agency is now considered to be officially underway. So with this episode being recorded on Monday, March 13th, and airing on Thursday, March 16th, there will be some news I've missed regarding free agent signings and roster cuts. So with that being said, I'm not going to go as player heavy today for the AFC East and West teams, but instead talk more about the direction I want to see these eight teams go in, because already we've seen a lot of things happen just this morning as I was prepping for this episode. So I'm going to tell you what I know as I'm speaking right now. But again, by the time you listen to this episode on Thursday, a lot of things are going to have happened. So bear with me for some of the things I'll have missed that I'll cover in later episodes. So right now, we're going to start with the exciting AFC East and the Buffalo Bills are my first team up. Previous record, 13-3. and Salary cap room, they're $20 million under or over the cap, so they got to clear up some space. Draft picks in the top 100, they got the 27th pick, the 59th, and the 91st pick, so nothing to write home about there. Team needs, they need some offensive line help. They need some linebacker and defensive back help. So the first thing I'm going to start off with this is I'm I'm done making a big deal about the salary cap. Teams have found ways to get under the cap and get the money they need to go out and spend it in free agency. So really, I'm not concerned about the Bills being minus $20 million heading into free agency. They're going to find a way to clear up cap. They're going to extend players. They're going to cut players. They're going to restructure contracts, and they'll have spending power for whatever they need and whatever they want to do. The second thing I'm going to say about the Bills is that Stefan Diggs said it right. It does not make sense. The Bills have the talent to be a Super Bowl team year in, year out, but they haven't been able to get there. Through the first five weeks of last season, it was looking like the Bills would coast their way to a Super Bowl. Diggs pointed out it had to do with more of execution than roster construction with what's been holding the Bills back. Last season, the Bills had the best roster they've had in a while. The Von Miller injury really hurt this team, and Josh Allen's elbow was an issue all year long for sure. But the Bills are going to be a force year in, year out. But they're going to have some work to do with because, again, last year was really that year they should have won the Super Bowl. They had the roster there, and it didn't happen. They've already got some guys leaving. Tremaine Edmonds, their starting linebacker, he's going to price himself out. They're likely going to lose Jordan Poyer, starting safety. Shaq Lawson, defensive lineman Roger Saffold, offensive guard and Devin Singletary running back. So they're going to probably lose all these starters. And 
you're going to have to find ways to fill these gaps and get better next season. So the Bills have always had great depth, so I'm not too concerned about that, but they need to add some additional pieces to get better. I don't know what's going to happen with Jesse Bates. He's the top safety in free agency. He'd make a huge impact on the Bills, but can they afford him? Can they create the cap? And does Jesse Bates want to go to Buffalo? Those are the things I don't know right now, but addressing safety is a need. And then As I mentioned, it's all going to be dictated on the amount of money they spend. Ideally, what I want to see the Bills do is add reinforcements to the offensive line, get more depth in the secondary, and find a replacement option for Edmonds at linebacker. Some of these guys will come through the draft. It would be nice to see Buffalo get some veterans in order to win. One name that really sticks out to me is Patrick Peterson, cornerback. He wants to go to a contender this offseason. He's a vet who played at a really, really high level last season, and he'd be a great addition to the Bills' secondary. So again, Don't know what's going to happen to Patrick Peterson, but Buffalo seems like a home for him. We also have the offensive guard market. It's not a cheap one, but there's going to be some second tier guys the Bills can go after. I would like to see them do that and continue to bolster this offense that's already been one of the most explosive units in the league. The Bills really don't need much, but it'd be nice if they could find an impact guy and then a couple of solid veterans to fill these gaps. There's no reason Buffalo can't come out of the AFC next year with the talent they already have on this roster. And if they improve a bit, they're going to increase their chances of taking down the Kansas City Chiefs and the Cincinnati Bengals. So the next team we're going over, the Miami Dolphins, 9-8 and eight last year, $28 million heading into free agency. They need left guard, right tackle, linebacker, and corner. One of the main points I was getting ready to talk about with the Dolphins was adding another cornerback this offseason. Well, as we now know, they traded for Jalen Ramsey, hit a home run with that deal by giving up a third round pick and tight end Hunter Long. The Dolphins now arguably have the top cornerback duo in the league with Ramsey and Xavier Howard. So what's the next step for Miami? I would like to see them add a safety and free agency. And when I say safety, I'm talking about a veteran option who's not going to break the bank, but will still be an effective player both on the field and in that locker room. So on defense now, the Dolphins have their four defensive line starters returning. They've got Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey at corners. They've got Javon Holland returning at free safety. And then I want to add a veteran strong safety. Then they have Jerome Baker at linebacker who had a great season last year. And now for me, the icing on the cake for Miami would come with filling that second linebacker spot next to Baker. And if the Dolphins can find a way to get Bobby Wagner in Miami, I think they've instantly formed one of the most feared defenses in the league. That's my dream plan for Miami. And I think it's pretty realistic as well. Wagner wants a shot at another Super Bowl. And with the pieces Miami has, I think this is a realistic destination for him to go to. So that's the defense. What about the offense? Well, Before Tua's concussions last season, the Dolphins looked like AFC contenders. I'm really happy Miami picked up his fifth-year option and committed to Tua for the next, I think, two years now. So as we look to continue building this offense, I'll start by addressing the offensive line. Especially with Tua's concussions, the priority needs to be keeping him as protected as possible. The Dolphins could stand to upgrade at left guard and right tackle. There's a pretty strong right tackle market, and already some of these guys are off the market. But I'd like Miami to attack that in free agency. And then you can address guard throughout the draft. The last position I'd like to see Miami address is running back. Their top two backs from last year, Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson, are free agents, both produced in Mike McDaniel's system. Both won't break the bank. If you can bring one of them back, I like that. But I also really like the idea of adding Kareem Hunt to this backfield. Kareem Hunt has been behind Nick Chubb in Cleveland for the past couple years, but he has delivered anytime his number has been called. So I like Kareem Hunt in Miami. I would also like to see Rashad Penny in Miami. If you can get one of those two guys and then bring back 
Mostert or Wilson from last season. I think you have a really solid backfield that's going to work really, really well in Mike McDaniel's system. So the Dolphins have a great chance to build on what I still consider to be a very successful year one under head coach Mike McDaniel. And if they can add some reinforcements on the O-line and running back and then go all in on improving their defense, they're really giving themselves a shot at serious contention next season. The third team in the division, the New England Patriots, finished 8-9 and nine last season. They have $31 million to spend in free agency. They've got the 14th overall pick, the 46th pick, and the 76th pick to round out their picks in the top 100. And they need an offensive tackle, corners, wide receiver, and edge rushers. The Patriots are one of these weird teams in the offseason. They've got $31 million in spending power, but no one really knows what to expect from them. This is a team that never likes to break the bank on free agents, but it's also a team that needs to improve their roster. So Mac Jones took a step back last season compared to his rookie year. And with wide receiver Jacoby Myers leaving New England, he's going to price himself out of New England. Mac Jones is not left with a lot of weaponry at his disposal. The best move New England could make to help Mac Jones out would be trading for DeAndre Hopkins. D-Hop has been linked to the Patriots ever since his trade request, and if I'm New England, I'm making him a priority for me. Second on the Pats to-do list is going to be addressing offensive tackle. It, it looks like they're going to let Isaiah Wynn walk, and they should be looking to spend a nice chunk of cash to get another tackle in here and, and solidify that offensive line. Their point of emphasis needs to be helping Mac Jones out. The Patriots need to know after this season if Mac is the guy, if he's their long-term answer at quarterback. On the defensive side of the ball, I'd like to see them add an edge rusher and a corner. But again, really the majority of their money should be going into this offense. There's some values out there that they can do at edge rusher and corner, but I don't want to see them break the bank on defense because again, this offense needs to be fixed and you need to know what you have in Mac Jones. That's priority number one for New England. So I to recap, I really like the idea of trading for DeAndre Hopkins. I want to add an offensive tackle. And I, I would also like to see if you can get another free agent receiver in here as well. Add some speed to this group. Add some veteran leadership to this receiver group. And give Mac Jones a supporting cast that can help him take a big step forward from year two to year three. So the final team in the AFC East that I'm covering is the New York Jets. 7-10 and 10 last season. My whole entire segment on this was about how the Jets should trade for Aaron Rodgers. The whole entire segment was going to be that. Well, right before I started recording, I get the Twitter notification, Aaron Rodgers has been traded to the New York Jets. I thought this was going to happen. I thought it was a matter of days before it happened. It happened right before I started recording. So we're now talking about the Jets with Aaron Rodgers, not with the thought of Aaron Rodgers. Overall, the Jets have one of the most straightforward off seasons out there and they just nailed it. Every point I wanted was get Aaron Rodgers. They have a Super Bowl ready defense. They have a young and very talented group of offensive skill position players. And now you add Aaron Rodgers into the mix and they have instantly become an AFC contender. That's it for my offseason. I wanted them to get Aaron Rodgers. You're going to win a ton more football games next year and you have the chance to make some serious noise in the postseason. With any remaining cap, I would like to see them upgrade at offensive line. The Jets have a very talented group of offensive linemen, but they've been very incapable of staying healthy. So you don't have to go out and break the bank on offensive line, but at least add some depth. So you have two guys who can start at almost every position where if one guy goes down, you're okay and you're not going to struggle like they did last year. So that's it. That's my offseason for the Jets. You got Aaron Rodgers. You're going to be a heck of a lot better this season. 
and I'm excited for this. I think this rejuvenates Rodgers' career a bit. I know these Jets players have been very vocal about getting Aaron Rodgers into the building, and everybody in New York is going to be excited to see what Rodgers can do with the Jets. Even if he doesn't win a Super Bowl, this is a huge win for the Jets. They're going to be back in contention. There's no reason they can't come out of the division with the Buffalo Bills. Their defense is as good as any defense in the league, and now if Rodgers and these guys gel like they should on offense— it's hard to find holes in the Jets roster. So with that, we've gone through the AFC East, and we're going to head to commercial break before finishing up with the AFC West. Hi, I'm composer Dunn Pearson, and I want you to visit WVRFRadio.com to make a donation. Your gift, no matter the amount, will help veterans reset fellowship. So join me by becoming a monthly subscriber at WVRFRadio.com. God bless America. Simply the best. Top 1%. Circle of Excellence. For all your real estate needs. The Gene Lowe Team. Simply the best. Foggy's Automotive. From a simple oil change to every auto repair to keep your engine running smooth. For Wayne's best car care. Foggy's Automotive, number one. Foggy's Automotive, 1536 Rats a Road, Wayne. You're listening to Sean's Take. And now we are on to the last division of the Sean's Take NFL offseason. And that is the division of the AFC West, the home of the reigning Super Bowl champion Kansas State Chiefs. And three teams in the Broncos, Chargers, and Raiders who are all looking to level up heading into next season. So the first team up in the AFC West is the Denver Broncos. The Broncos absolutely burned me last season. They were my Super Bowl pick after acquiring Russell Wilson. And we all know how that aged out. This offseason, the Broncos are coming off a 5-12 record. They have $33 million to spend heading into free agency. And they've already begun spending that money. So what I wanted to see them address was offensive line, defensive line, and linebacker. To to recap a little bit, the Broncos hit the jackpot by getting Sean Payton as their new head coach. If there's anyone who can get Russell Wilson back to form, it's Sean Payton. He's an offensive guru, and him taking the job tells me he's confident that he can get Wilson back to Seattle Seahawks form. If that happens, the Broncos have a great chance of reaching their potential. Last season, the Broncos' defense was among the best in the league. Now they're likely going to lose some starters on defense and free agency, but for the most part, they should still have a top-end defense once again. And with that being said, our priority, just like the Miami Dolphins and the New England Patriots, needs to be on this offense. The moment free agency opened up, the Broncos signed Ben Powers, one of the best guards on the market, and Mike McGlinchey, one of the best offensive tackles on the market. These two moves are huge improvements for Denver, who was in dire need of offensive line improvement. This is going to help the run game. It's going to help keep Russell Wilson in the pocket, something he was not able to do a lot last year. So when you want to start to build an offense, it starts with your line play. When you have bad line play, it's really hard to put together a great offense. When you have good line play, it opens up the run game and it opens up the pass game and keeps the quarterback confident and on his feet. That's what they needed in Denver, and that's what they accomplished with their first two moves in free agency. There are rumors about trading Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton, their top two wide receivers. I would be pretty disappointed if this happened. Russell Wilson needs people to throw to, so trading while your top two targets doesn't make much sense to me. You just gave him some more time by signing two big-time offensive linemen. Don't go trading away his top two receivers now. 
So after addressing the offensive line, I would like to see Denver add another receiver to go along with Sutton and Judy, who I, again, do not want to be traded. There's plenty of veteran receivers out there who can help round out the Broncos receiving core. And I'd also like to see Denver grab another running back in free agency. Javante Williams has a very bright future ahead of himself, but he is going to come off of a torn ACL this season. So having another guy who can help carry the load is something Denver should want. Ideally, I'd like to see them add a more of a speed back. Williams is a bruising back. He's going to break a lot of tackles. Really, really good running right up the middle. I'd like to see them almost like how the Kansas City Chiefs added Jarek McKinnon to their backfield. A guy like that who's shifty, who can help stretch the field. I think it'd add a great one-two punch in Denver. So the Broncos were amongst the most disappointing teams last season, but they still do have the makings of a contender. If Sean Payton can get Russell Wilson back on track, the Broncos are right there in the mix. I want to see him add some reinforcements on offense to help right this ship and add a couple vets on the defensive side of the ball to round out what was one of the top units in the league last season. So now moving on to a very different team, we have the Kansas City Chiefs, 14-3 and Super Bowl champions. They do have $14 million to spend, which is pretty good for a team coming off the Super Bowl. And my team needs for them aren't as much specific needs as it is more just keeping things together and keeping the system in place. So again, we're fresh off a Super Bowl victory in Kansas City. They're going to do everything in their power to keep the group together. You have the majority of your core coming back. The big name, who I think is likely gone at the time of recording, we don't know what's happening with him, is Orlando Brown, their left tackle. Who knows if they'll be able to front the money it'll take to keep Brown, but if they do lose him, they'll definitely look to find someone else to man the tackle position. And then as I was prepping for this show, I got two notifications. One, their right tackle, Andrew Wiley, signed with the Commanders. So you now have two tackle spots open. They did fill one with one of the best offensive tackles on the market in Jawan Taylor. So with Jawan Taylor signing with the Chiefs, I think that likely means Orlando Brown is going to be heading elsewhere. So if I'm correct and Orlando Brown does not return to Kansas City, you're going to need one more tackle position to be filled. But the Jawan Taylor signing is a great deal for Kansas City. So along with signing offensive linemen, the Chiefs do have some free agent receivers as well. Juju Smith and Nicole Hardman are both free agents, and my assumption is that they are not going to be coming back. Juju for sure should get a decent contract somewhere else, and Nicole may look to get a bigger role elsewhere, one-year deal to boost his long-term value heading into next offseason. But with that being said, I'm not concerned because the Chiefs have Marquez Valdez-Scantling coming back. They have Kadarius Tooney, Sky Moore, and of course, Travis Kelsey all coming back. So I don't think receiver is a huge need for them, but adding another vet into the mix is also not a bad option at all. No matter what, the Chiefs are going to be contenders once again this season. Their focus this offseason should be on the offensive line, which they've already started to address only a couple hours into free agency. And then adding veteran talent wherever they need reinforcements is something that Chiefs will look to do, and it's something that works for a team as good as the Kansas City Chiefs. You can add vets, one, two-year deals, to kind of be plug-and-play guys. You can't do that with a rebuilding team because you need that long-term youth. The Chiefs have a great balance of youth and veteranness, and when you're a contender like that, you want these vets who have been in the big moment before to come in and be immediate impact guys for a year or two. Now we're on to the Las Vegas Raiders, 6-11 last year, another disappointing team. $44 million in cap space, though we like that, and they do have the number seven overall pick in the draft, which is going to be very useful for them. So team needs were offensive line, quarterback, and a lot on defense. So 
I also learned right before I started recording, Jimmy Garoppolo would be heading to Vegas. And at first, I wasn't too sure about this move. Garoppolo's not a superstar quarterback. He's not the most exciting option out there. But the more I thought about this, the more it grew on me. All Jimmy G has done his entire career is win. Joining the Raiders reunites him with head coach Josh McDaniels, who of course was the offensive coordinator in New England when Garoppolo was there for the first couple years of his career. And you have all the offensive skill positions covered. The Raiders are going to need to put down some money in offensive line and in their defense. But along with some nice spending power, as I mentioned, they have the number seven overall pick in the draft, which gives them a great opportunity to draft a day one impact player, whether it's someone on the offensive line or someone on defense. There's Paris Campbell's offensive tackle from Ohio State. He's going to go in the first 10 picks. I know the Bears are probably very interested in him at nine. He'd be a great addition for the Raiders. There's also a lot of DBs, a lot of edge rushers that they can go after with pick number seven. It's a very valuable pick to improve O-line or defense, which is their two biggest needs now. And they can address that with the number seven pick and get, once again, a day one impact player in one of those positions. The secondary in Vegas needs some work. Uh, Their defense got torched through the air last season. And if Vegas can protect Jimmy G and find a way to slow down opponents' passing attacks, there's no reason the Raiders can't be a playoff team next year and be a real contender. Garoppolo offers a lot of stability for this offense. And when you've got Josh Jacobs returning on the franchise tag, you know that run game is going to be back this season. Jacobs was the leading rusher last year. He should be right up in there again this year. You've got that run game, which opens up a lot of looks for Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller and company. And Jimmy G also doesn't turn the ball over very often. So if the Raiders defense can hold up, I'm very confident their offense is going to put up numbers this year. And when you looked at how Jimmy Garoppolo had success in San Francisco, it was behind great defensive play, a great running game that allowed him to really see the field, use play action to get guys open like Debo Samuel and George Kittle. You have that same setup here in Las Vegas as long as you can have the defense holding up. And it doesn't have to be San Francisco type of defense because that's kind of an unfair comparison to put on the Raiders right now. But if you can, if you can slow teams down better than they did last year, you have the chance to have an offense that can really put up some serious numbers and control the pace of the game. So I Groplo in Vegas, I like it. We're going to see how it goes. It's Again, it's not the most exciting move. It's not trading for Aaron Rodgers or anything, but it's a move that can lead to a lot of wins in Vegas. Now to round out the AFC West, we have the Los Angeles Chargers, 10-7. and 7. Remember their last game was the horrific lead blow to Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars in the wildcard round of the playoffs. But the Chargers, we've, we have good things to talk about. $19 million in spending power, three picks in the top 100. They need linebacker, interior defensive line, and offensive guard. Really, I think the Chargers are a team that's in a pretty good position this offseason. The hiring of Kellen Moore as their offensive coordinator is a move I, will, I believe will be praised when we talk about this a year from now. I think looking back, After next season, we're going to say, wow, Kellen Moore to the Chargers really opened up that offense, really helped them take their game to another level. The big news right now, as I was recording for the Chargers, is that Austin Eckler requested a trade or requested permission to seek a trade. That's the formal language of the NFL. And as I'm recording on Monday, March 13th, I think this whole issue is going to be resolved pretty quickly. The Chargers and Eckler have been a perfect match for each other. There's no reason to end that. He is almost scored half their touchdowns over the past two years and he's been a beast for them he fits their system really really well 
He does everything they need him to do. So I believe they'll get a contract extension figured out. He's going to make, I think it was $6.75 million this season, and then he's a free agent. So if he doesn't get that extension now, I think they'll say, you know what, at the end of this year, we're going to get you taken care of. We've got the plan. I don't see Eckler holding out, but that could also be a possibility. Regardless, I think they'll give him the confidence that they're going to get him taken care of because, again, this is such a great marriage, Eckler and the Chargers. I don't think either party really wants to end it. So moving on from that, I think they'll get Eckler taken care of. The Chargers' biggest enemy last year was their health. If they can stay healthy this offseason or heading into this season— and throughout next season, they should be one of the best teams in the AFC. They have the talent to do so. Last season, they dealt with all sorts of injuries, including Nick Bosa, Khalil Mack, offensive line. They were banged up. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams missed extended times. Defensive backs missed extended time. If they can be a fully healthy team, they're one of the best in the AFC. So in free agency, I like to see them add another, another offensive guard and linebacker. But overall, I think the Chargers really don't have that many needs. I like to see them add depth more than anything. It's a team I'm excited about heading into next season, and they should definitely improve on a 10-7 and record from last season. And they again, they have the pieces to contend, add a couple pieces, add some depth. And we're talking about the Chargers being one of the best teams in the league. So with that, that's the AFC West for you. And today we have covered the AFC East and the AFC West, and now we've officially covered all 32 teams and have rounded out the Sean's Take NFL offseason. There will most definitely be a lot more content coming out soon regarding free agency and the NFL draft in what is surely going to be an exciting time. And one final reminder, I'm recording on Monday, March 13th. This episode does not air until Thursday, March 16th. So there's going to be a lot of new names in new places, a lot of big contracts handed out, probably some other trades being facilitated that I did not know about at the time of recording. So bear with me on that. We'll get caught up later down the line to recap everything in the offseason. But today I gave you my opinion on what these eight teams should do from more of a directional standpoint, what positions I want to see them go after, what they need to do to improve this offseason. And that is it for the Sean's Take NFL offseason. For our next episode on Thursday, March 23rd, I'm welcoming three amazing guests onto the show for an episode you won't want to miss. Together, my guests and I will dive deep into a thought-provoking discussion about the relationship between music and sports. So make sure you're tuning into the Sean's Take podcast next Thursday to listen in on this discussion. Thanks for listening as always, and I'll see you right back here next week. Thanks for listening to the Sean's Take podcast and make sure to join Sean's Take on social media for more unique and exclusive content by following at Sean's Take on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok.